Hello and welcome back to Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, and hosting with me, full setup, it is Jameson Maxwell and Ty Lee. We got the full squad back in action. All the moves complete. We're rolling, we're rocking, and we're here for a proper Schooner Pod talking some OU football. We're calling this kind of what we called it last year state of the Sooners. We're going we're gonna to kind of break down what we might have missed over the summer, major themes, things to look forward to. Um, and I, I got to tell you, boys, I'm, I'm pumped to get into it. But first, I want to just say everyone who's been watching our Bye Bye Big 12s, thank you so much for the views. Uh, thanks for watching those. Make sure to hit a subscribe if you like them. If you like the OU content, make sure to hit subscribe on that as well. It's really helping us out. We're very close to 500, which would mean a lot to us. Um, a little bit more than just a clean number, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, good stuff. So if you're, uh, either listening on the pod or just haven't subscribed on YouTube yet, make sure to give that a shot. So, um, anyways, housekeeping over guys, how are you feeling? Ty, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. How, how's it going? He's me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's been a while since you oh, podcast, no. huh, Ty? Oh, the rust. no, it has. I've been on Teams calls all week, though, so this is embarrassing. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the pod. It's unfortunately been a while since I've been able to really dig into OU football stuff. So I might be learning just as much or maybe more than the listeners <laughs> on this episode. But I did, uh, I did read ahead on some stuff. Uh, but I'm super, super excited to get back on the pod and get us kicked into gear for the upcoming season because even though it is still June, it is closing in on us quickly, and hopefully it's going to be a good season. Absolutely. Jameson? I would like to come out and say I apologize for my absolutely egregious error in the last podcast of recruiting saying Ezekonma's big brother went to Iowa State. This doesn't even make any sense. I, I just think that I was equating big wide receivers have to go to Iowa State. Obviously, he's from Texas Tech. Obviously, the Emma Jones connection. And we just talked about it for like five minutes, and we didn't say any kind of correction. So my B, trust me, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, it it's all good. It happens. Uh, also, slight note: we might actually get that running back who, uh, you know, is we're, we're fighting with kid. Uh, uh, USC I, I'm st- I'm still not buying. I'm still not buying it. I, I'll stand by it. But yes, I understand. There's a lot of people writing articles about we're into the lead. But like, hey, you get that with all the time with these visits, Bobby. You know, like he goes and he's like, "Oh, now I really like OU." But then, like, is he going to go visit USC again? And if he's going to go vi- visit USC, are they going to take back the lead? So like. You know, I, I'm still, there's so much time. It's June, so I'm, I'm just not buying it. No, you're right. There's plenty of time left. Plenty of time left, uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into the meat of this. Uh, so, first and foremost, um, wait, <laughs> Ty in the private chat. We've mentioned you, uh, you're, you're a doctor now, Jameson, right? We, we mentioned mm-hmm. that in the last pod. Yeah, you called me that, but yes, it is It is no different, though. Yeah, he is now, yeah, it, he's, he, yeah. <laughs> He well, we've been calling him that for a couple of years. So. Yeah, sarcastically, <laughs> but now he actually is a medical doctor. So that's, hey, dude, congrats on that, obviously. Big stuff. So, uh, but anyways, we came, we, we, we've gathered here, and the people listening have gathered here to talk and hear about what we have to say. And ironically, a lot of the state of the suitors in 2023 has nothing to do with the year 2023 because most of the buzz, most of the excitement has been about 2024. And we finally figured out who the Sooners are playing um, first up in their SEC schedule. So if you follow on YouTube, you probably saw me do a little stream on that, but it it's just not that fun talking about schedules with, if you don't got your boys to talk about it with. So let's get into it, Jameson. Um, Massive, massive uh, first schedule. Very difficult stuff. But uh, first reactions when you saw it about this time last week. And uh, I don't know. What, what's first reactions? My first reaction is they blessed us, honestly, because they allowed us to have an Alabama at home to start off. You know, Alabama and Georgia, I had figured that one where it was going to play Texas and one was going to play Oklahoma. And giving us the home game versus Alabama is going to be really nice because obviously it's going to be a slap to the face if we had to go straight to Tuscaloosa. Um, 2024 is going to be an interesting year. 
Um, obviously, that should be a huge transition year with a possible Jackson Arnold as the starting quarterback in his first season as a starter. So, Second. Okay. All right, Ty. All right. I, I guess I guess I can't throw Fingers that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Baby. <laughs> but um, moral of the story is I'm glad that he can at least have the biggest game of the season at home. I mean, for sure. I, I It's massive. Ty, what, what was your first reaction to this? Yeah, so I, I am super, super excited. I mean, to the people who we get to play, period, is just right away we're getting into it. People are going to have their, oh, like, I wish there was no soft landing. This was not about soft landings. This is about throwing this team into the fire and getting these big games. And it's just the, the novelty of this schedule. I'm sure, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to think differently. And I'm not saying, oh, we're going to be losing all the time or we're going to be, but it's, it's not going to be new. It's going to be the norm. But the, the novelty of this schedule the first year, just Bama coming to Norman and then just some of the places that we get to go. I mean, away at Auburn, I think Auburn is actually a sneaky good place to play. It's just so overshadowed, but like just in between the hedges there, that's so cool. Seeing OU get to play in Death Valley. I mean, that was one of the ones that we talked about when this whole SEC move first got announced. We were like, oh, I hope we get to play um, at, at LSU. And I think that's going to be a regular occurrence just because proximity, like we've kind of speculated about Missouri – who cares uh, getting to go to Oxford and, and throw OU into the Grove into Vaught Hemingway stadium and just experience that atmosphere. It's a, it's an attainable drive for OU fans, especially, you know, if you're coming from like the Tulsa area for an OU fan, that's a super easy drivable. It's not short, but do it in a day. That's just such a cool environment that we get to experience South Carolina, you know, coach Beamer, hopefully still there. At this point, coming into into Oklahoma, I think that's kind of cool because there's still just the novelty to it. And then Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is going to travel really, really well. I think I think that's going to be slept on. And just in one year, having Bama and Tennessee both come to Norman, it's going to be our conference schedule. But the the novelty has not worn off. And then you know we don't know yet. I actually this might be cold take or bad info, but I don't know yet. Cause again, I've been very busy, uh, but I do know that we do have a requirement within the sec now, cause we're only playing eight conference games for a power five out of conference. Obviously that's a giant variance in, in the skill of your opponent, but generally at least you'll have a cool brand. So I don't know who that's going to be for 2024. I don't it know was, if we're carrying over if you guys know, but we're going to dive into that later because it was supposed okay. to be Tennessee, but they got mm -hmm. nixed from the schedule naturally. Um, yeah. So that, <laughs> can't, yeah. Can't can't play two games against Tennessee. That'd be not great. So, yeah, with coach with Coach Heupel at Tennessee as well. Yeah, that which is massive. That one, so. the, oh, yeah. the connections, yeah, with OU. And last note, I, I know I've gone on long, but the the Bama thing too. The the hopeful side of it is maybe Bama's on a decline. I don't think they are, but maybe Bama's on a decline. Even if they drop, you know lose two, three games this next year, and then they're not expected to be great going into 24. I still think that even if Georgia's on an absolute heater, that brand recognition of Bama coming into Norman, I'm not trying to start shit with Georgia fans, but I think that Bama still has the brand recognition. I mean, Georgia's doing it better for now, you know, and maybe Bama's on the way out, but it, it, the brand recognition of, of Bama and coming into Norman is just absolutely undefeated. Yeah, I mean... There a lot to break down for sure. And I'll say this with Alabama, that is the biggest brand of college football bar none. Um, and and what, what Saban has rolling right now, quite possibly the greatest dynasty that has ever really existed in a time frame under a head coach uh, in college football. Historically, it, it is unreal what Alabama has done and to have them coming into Norman massive, massive, massive deal. And I, I want to say overall with the schedule, it, it's interesting how it's progressed throughout you know the week. When I, when I got on to do bye bye TCU with uh, Blake, he, his first thing was, "Are you upset that the, the SEC screwed y'all that bad?" And it's funny because I don't see that's a big, that's that Big Twelve mentality. Yeah. They want the easy button to get yeah. there. 
I, I've seen takes from TCU. Well, obviously Blake being like, oh, like y'all got screwed. That's a tough schedule. Arkansas, uh, I read an article that they're like, OU is now T S the SEC's whipping boy. Not Arkansas didn't get all the tough matchups like they usually do. And I think OU fans are pumped about this. I, I, I think people want the cool environments. They want the smoke. And like you mentioned, Ty, when we first made this move to the SEC, you know, the environments we're talking about, the Grove, Death Valley, um, you know, even touching on like Auburn a little bit, you know, we kind of got a lot of our our top end wish list locations in year one. And I think that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, I do have to say, right, as an OU fan, you got to be realistic about this. If you're going to say, oh, we're going to lose all these games, we're already losing everything. And we're losing <laughs> to like goofball teams in the middle of nowhere. Right. At least if we lose, we have an excuse now. We go, oh, it's the SEC. It's harder. We can sound like everyone else in the SEC. Or we go, oh, it's Bama and Nick Saban. What do you expect? Like, if we go put up a, a what was our record this is six and seven? You know, if we go put up six and seven, we can do what all the six and seven teams like Missouri and everyone else in the SEC does. About like, oh, it means more. We would beat <laughs> everyone else. Blah blah blah. Versus, like, we have no excuse if we go six and seven. Obviously, one of those was in our bowl game against Florida State, but we have no excuse if we go six and seven against Big 12 and ACC opponents. Like, what do you say then? So, at least if we're going to keep losing, which maybe, you know, if we don't get a new quarterback and maybe a new head coach, uh, we will. At least we'll have an excuse, which is always nice. That's that's fair. That's fair. But mm -hmm. Yeah, here's my here's my thing about this, Bobby, and how you're kind of talking about how some people think that we're like the whipping boy because of the schedule. I'm looking at him like I'm not really getting that vibe. Like, is this really like a super tough SEC schedule? They really screwed us. I'm not really seeing it. It's tough. It's medium. But I wouldn't say like, oh, man, they screwed us. Like, look at it. They gave us, the I think, the two hardest opponents out of these two. Um uh, Tennessee and Alabama both being the home games and we get to play Missouri as well you know Auburn's been really back and forth in terms of their production as of recently do we really think they're going to change that in the 2024 time With you know I understand right exactly um exhibit a so like the thing is you know like here here's the thing like I understand we didn't get you know the Vanderbilt's the Kentucky and Mississippi State kind of um teams but I don't think – I think they really could have given us a way harder schedule. And anytime you don't have Georgia on your schedule, shouldn't it mean it's not like – it's not that bad? You're avoiding Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. We, we duck Georgia. And look, the inverse of the schedule is going to get played either next year or the year after. Um, that's been mm -hmm. a part of the SEC's scheduling plan. You know, every team OU plays – uh, is basically the inverse of who Texas plays. OU and Texas don't share a single common opponent other than the, themselves. So I, I think so that we can throw the pods thing in the in the trash, right? Yeah, no, uh, pods are not happening. Clearly, I think, or at least not right now. Um, they're going to stick with this eight game thing for a little bit. What I think they're going to do, we'll stick with eight games and then try to milk ESPN for a little for just that one extra game. Because if ESPN isn't paying more for an extra SEC, like SEC game, they're not, they're not doing it. It's about the money. Um, so yeah. they're going to they're hold out. I, I think we eventually get to nine, maybe have a pod system or a uh, you know um, protected rival system. Who knows with that? But right now, I think the SEC was just like, you know what? We can do whatever we want, and let's just make the schedule whatever we want. Everyone gets to play their rivals. Uh, that That's what matters. And I think... I think some teams got it better than others. Some teams got it worse than others. They wanted to create an entertaining product. That's why Alabama and Georgia are playing. The uh, other thing is, this is why we're here. We didn't go to the SEC to play Kentucky or to play Vanderbilt or, frankly, to play Missouri or Arkansas. Um, I personally, the only team that's not on our schedule that I would – well. I would have liked to have seen and inconvenient for the fans. I would have liked to have seen Florida because brands, you know, his history of matchups. And I think it's a very winnable game for OU. And then uh, I, and I think we will play them fairly regularly, but I would have liked to see A&M, but I understand that didn't, it didn't work out uh, the way that things are going, but yeah, this is like, this is why we are here. And, and arguably I think we got the better schedule than texas because it's about eyes i mean we're we're in the the attention economy era now you know it's about 
views. It's about attention. It's about putting up these games. And I think that the trajectory of college football is changing, especially as we move into this consolidation. And I, again, not trying to make excuses, but I think we're approaching something more similar to the NFL, especially as, as the SEC and the Big Ten specifically continue to grow. And I'm not trying to demean the other conferences, but I think we're approaching more of an NFL product where there's maybe more recognition on the committee side and more normalization of you're not expected to win every single game. And especially as the playoff expands, you know, that's going to be even more the norm is like, you're not out of contention of anything. If you drop a game here or there, especially if it's a pretty significant opponent. I mean, no one is saying like, Oh, I mean, I don't know any, I, I don't necessarily know the NFL divisions, but no one's saying like, Oh, the, the 49ers don't deserve to be in the playoffs because they dropped a regular season game to the chiefs, you know, and, and as we continue to move into that product, there's maybe some NFL fans cringing uh, at that comparison. I don't know if they're in the same division or not, but uh, I, I think there's some going to be some normalization of that as well. So I, I really don't, I don't think realistically that anyone can look at this in a, in a negative light, unless you were just against the move, in the first place. And, and I understand that whole regionality of college football, but I will say at least this year, our farthest, if you're driving, the farthest you have to go is Bama. And that is or Auburn. Technically. Nine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's still under 10 hours to get there by car as of right now uh, from Norman as the aiming point. But um so it's still regional, I, I would argue, and especially as we sort of maintain, if we maintain a similar schedule, South Carolina is a, a flyer out there, but you know LSU very attainable, especially for the was the term the, the diaspora, I guess, of, of OU fans and alumni. Like if you're in you know the massive alumni base in Dallas and Houston, especially yeah. if you're in Dallas and Houston, LSU is is day tripable. It's a little long, but it's you can do it in a day trip and stuff like that. So very, I'm very excited to see if this just sort of became the normal home and home, it would be rough, but there would be that recognition that you get in the SEC of, oh, hey, they play, you know, LSU is very roller coaster, but you know, yeah. it's the old school SEC West argument of like, yeah, they have two losses, but they also played LSU, Bama, and Tennessee now becoming very relevant. So, Well, and we're, I mean, what, uh, multiplying – we're multiplying our playoff spots from from uh, four to twelve. It's going to be way easier to get in with two losses, three mm-hmm. losses. Uh, I mean, Alabama was knocking on the door with two this year at four. So, I, I think it, it's not the end of the world if you take a couple L's in this conference. Um, it's going to be interesting, but you know, Jameson, I I don't know. I I think I think it's obviously going to be more difficult. Fans are going to have to get used to taking a couple more lumps, but. You know, that's kind of a part of it. We're, we're building this thing up to be SEC ready, and I'm interested to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, the playoff conversation, I feel like this has been talked ad nauseum, but I kind of want to, like, just hit it again. My thought process from the committee, you know, moving to this 12-team and then seeing this new Super League of the SEC, I feel like the bias might be the strongest then. Like, you know, down the line, maybe they might get tired of seeing all these SEC teams in this 12-team playoff. But right at the beginning, I guarantee you that room is going to be like, oh, strength of schedule, strength of schedule. And it's going to be so strong. And I think it's going to be even easier in the early years to get into the playoffs. And that'll give OU just enough time, in my opinion, to get used to the SEC, get their um, their bearings, and hopefully get into their groove. Um, whenever the committee stops being a little bit biased towards SEC strength of schedule. Yeah, I, I agree. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes for sure. Um, I want to do a couple little quick superlatives, I suppose, on on the schedule. Uh, Jameson, fate, or mm-hmm. actually, let's go with Ty first. Ty, what, uh, what game specifically is the best on the schedule, one you're most looking forward to? Uh, so for that, I have to go personally. So I have to go, well, I will exclude an answer because forever and always, especially now not living in, in Norman, because I listeners, I live in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona now. So for me, forever and always, it's probably going to be Red River. That's going to be the most attainable for me uh, to start to get to every year. That special 
that's different. That's the exception of course. Uh, because that has the history. So I, to establish rules, I'm going to have to go with a home game. And I think I might be different from Jameson here because I feel like we're both going to pick home games. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tennessee, the the Hypo connection. And again, I might be completely missing something here, but I know if we have ever played them in Norman, it has not been more than a handful of times. We played them. Um, our, we played them our freshman. Yeah, game. I was about to say I have like oh, a legitimate. Fresh, oh, we did. We did. We did. Of the stripe, the we were there. <laughs> we I was there. I was there. <laughs> it was the uh, only time they've they've been in Norman though. That was the first time. Okay, so yeah, well, one, yeah, one could be a handful. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm gonna go Tennessee because the Tennessee that we played our freshman year, um, not the Tennessee of now. They, they sort of returned to relevance. I think they will at least be uh, that year, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited for. Uh, the fans to travel and and to see. I can, cannot believe that I completely forgot that <laughs> hey, one. It's okay. We're, we're um, off season. Yeah, because that was when I had uh, a pass and sort of abused it. Could do whatever I want. I spent I <laughs> that game. I was on the sideline and in the box and in the press box. Uh, I was all over the place. But yeah. oh yeah, no, cannot I believe that. I forgot that. But yeah, oh I remember that. <laughs> That was like our second game as uh, OU students because the first one was, uh, I don't know, LaTac or something. And then Tennessee was yeah, the first big one, like tailgating all that big time stuff. Jameson? So the one that we're most looking forward to, is that the question, correct? Yeah, just overall. And we'll get into like, yeah, I, I like the idea you had of ranking the away locations. Um, I'm all yes. in on that. But let's, let, yeah, in terms Mo of game, just in terms most, of the game. Yes. Yeah, and this is just most looking forward to. Obviously, you know, being in person, there's a little bit of an extra there. But for me personally, maybe not being able to go to any of them, watching them all on TV, it's got to be Baton Rouge or LSU. I just seen like the atmosphere there and seeing how Oklahoma reacts. And obviously there's a history in terms of, you know, bad blood between the two teams. And obviously the fans don't like each other either. I think that's going to be a really, really exciting game to watch on TV. Or if you can get there in person, be an absolute stellar memory. I mean, absolutely. OU's never played LSU uh, in Death Valley. Uh, so mm -hmm. it'd be pretty insane. Just looking at videos of, you know, Colin Baton Rouge and all that, like, that atmosphere, especially if it's on a Saturday night, whew, that that'd be one for the memory books for sure. Um, look, it it's just it's there. No one said it. Alabama is going to be <laughs> an unreal experience. Uh, that is wow. going to be this. Shocker. This fruit is rather low on the tree. <laughs> I shall grab it. It was <laughs> hanging there, and, and it's let's be real. I'm gonna be real before I try to be original. Alabama is going to be unreal. Yeah. That when that schedule came out, we saw Bama's coming to Norman. The first thing, and one of the things they haven't been able to stop thinking about is that first tailgate, especially if Alabama is like the first SEC game. If you open up with two of the greatest brands in college football, two genuine blue blood blue bloods in Norman, it's gonna be unreal. And these are two fan bases that I feel like get along really well. They show out. Um, this uh, the two teams played a home and home in the uh, early two thousands. Uh, mm -hmm. 2002 and 2003 Alabama uh, was on probation not good at all uh, eventually ended up hiring a head coach that uh, you know got got fired before he could coach a game because of prostitutes so that happened in the middle of the home and home love to see it uh, but you know what Alabama still rolled out packed the crowd both home and away uh, they had this cool thing where when Alabama was on the road, they wore white. When OU was on the road, they wore white in terms of the fans. So that was that was kind of the <laughs> thing. like that. that I, I know, it's kind I of know. the norm, Bob. That's kind of the norm. <laughs> I know, but that it's a um, neat thing. thing <laughs> where they wear the uniforms. They always do. No, but in terms of the fans, it was, it was cool, and I just think it'll be an unreal experience. I, for one, am that that's number one for me, and it's a lame answer, but it's the right answer. Mm. No. Yeah, let, let's let's go ahead and rank the away games because I feel like that's what everyone's excited about. That's what they want to know. You know, where can I extend my OU fandom into the SEC? Um, you know, we obviously have Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU, and Missouri as our four options. I think we can definitely come to an agreement that 
number four is Missouri. I think that is <laughs> yeah. extremely yeah. easy to say. <laughs> I understand some people might say some proximity. Okay, I get it. I get it. But still, that is you don't want to go to a Missouri football game. Don't spend resources to go OU Missouri unless you're going to go to all four of the away games. Now, number three, I, I, I feel like there's there's an argument here, but I think Auburn might be number three in most people's minds, but maybe Ooh. Ole Miss. I, I the, no. see the thing is Ole Miss has such uh, great tailgating that like you know you want to see the Grove, um, but you know obviously with the hedges and all that stuff. I mean, it's hard to pick. I mean, I'd say Auburn three, Ole Miss two, LSU one. Do you guys agree? I'm not gonna. So when you're in the stadium at Auburn on a game, do can you even see the hedges? Because I, I don't think you can see them if they're on your side and they're blocked on the other side. So if you're just saying, oh, they have hedges inside the stadium, it's a selling point. I I don't know. I'm going to – Just a well-known thing. I've, I've, I'll, I'll show my cards. It's like going to see the Alamo here. in San Antonio. You're just like, oh, cool, the Alamo. Oh, so, yeah, like, so oh, exceedingly yeah. disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have, an, they have um, an eagle. They have an eagle. You know, the oh, war eagle. True. They let them fly true. around and stuff. True. That's cool. Um I'll show my cards here. I think Ole Miss is, is one, uh, but I agree with Missouri at four. Uh, but I think even the fact that we're, we're having the argument, I'll let you guys take it after this, but the fact that we're having the argument where we're saying like maybe the Grove, maybe Oxford, maybe Oxford's not that great, right? But it, game day completely changes. Um, but the fact that we're having an argument where we're saying this might be second from last in our state, that's this is why we made the move. And this speaks to the strength of because we could have some worse options. We could have well, Vanderbilt's in like Nashville, isn't it? Yeah, at least yeah, in Nashville. Like, oh, yeah, that would be a cool one. That would actually be sick. But no, uh, it's like Mississippi like, State is like, like legitimately uh, Kentucky, like the poverty one to go to. I don't know. I, I think, I think Stark bad. Vegas, Stark mm-hmm. Vegas has kind of slept on. Um Stark Vegas is very much like Stillwater, right? Like you'd be like Stillwater, Oklahoma. I don't want to go there. But then you go to a game there and you're like, okay, like that's actually really neat. Um, it's indie. It's the indie college football experience. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to real quick just mention like the, the fact that we're having to say like, oh, Auburn might be the second to last on our schedule or mm-hmm. Ole Miss might be the second to last. Auburn's the second to last. But the fact that we're having this discussion is just – so exciting for for OU fans, I think. Yeah, Auburn second to last. I, I think Auburn's three, um, but it's a really it's a shame that it's three because that's going to be a cool location. Um, in terms of getting to it, you know, obviously a little far, but you're close to Atlanta. Uh, not an awful drive from uh, Atlanta to Auburn, Alabama. So um, not really. I, I will say, like the the separation. I'll use my tool here. Sorry, podcasters, <laughs> but like. Mizzou is like down here, right? <laughs> so there's four, and then there's like three, and then two and one. Yeah. Like there's there's sort of like a a tiered. So I would argue that there's sort of like three tiers. I I don't know. You guys are gonna vote for Death Valley for one. I think it's Ole Miss, but I don't know about that. I don't know about. That. I'm still trying to decide in my head because I think Ole Miss might be one. Uh, it's like that. It's like that um, uh, Shark Tale meme you made a couple years ago, where it's like there's whale poo, and then there's you. The Tom Herman meme. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's classic. That's Tom, that, it was it, that meme for those unaware. It's still up on our Instagram. It was, that banger. It's dated. Yes. It is definitely dated now, but it's <laughs> Tom Herman explaining to Les Miles the the uh, tears of the Big Twelve. Oh, it's dated. Um, and those coaches involved are not the only reason it's it's dated because there's there's been some shakeups, but yeah, for sure. Jameson, who's your two? Yeah, I, I think it's Ole Miss just for me. Uh, I understand the tailgating is a completely much. It's going to be like the best that we'll go to, but the game atmosphere with a bunch of Louisianans in that stadium. And the aggressiveness of being an away fan in, you know, in the like the eye of the freaking tiger, essentially there. It's it's so intense. And I just love whenever I travel to away games, I love hostile. I love it whenever you know that both teams really, really want it. And there's kind of this understood aggression between the two. You see it all the time, you know, OU versus Texas Red River. Um, but whenever you go in someone's territory, like Ohio State, a lot of the people in Columbus were very nice, but you still kind of had the underlying feeling. Imagine that feeling, but 
with really, really grumpy, angry people. And that's what LSU is. So I'm going to go LSU too. Um, I think the environment's going to be unreal all the way to the top, but it's almost too much in a way. Not, not that I don't, I'm going to go. I'm absolutely going to go. I'm going to soak it up. But also Ole Miss has an advantage of, I think it's going to be intense. I think the tailgating is going to be great. The atmosphere is going to be great. But also I don't think I'm going to get in a fight at Ole Miss. I think the chances of Mm-mm. getting in a fight yeah. at LSU are a little bit higher. I don't know. I, mainly because I've been with Ole Miss folk and I don't think they're that bad. I, I've been with LSU folk. I've heard the stories. I don't know. I, I would I would say little more nervous about LSU. And I think that slightly edges Ole Miss to the top is I feel like you can just relax, have a good old time down in Oxford and enjoy the ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would agree, but obviously Ty has a little bit no, of bias towards Mississippi. No, just a I little don't. bit. I don't. And you know what? You never saw this coming. I'm going to change my number one. Oh, uh, because I, so I think Missouri. Right, I do want to say, <laughs> God, no. Um, so I'm gonna. I, I don't want to feel like I'm cheating it or doing my infamous like, oh, I found a gray area uh, that always annoys Blake because I always try to go after uh, Blake because he feels like he's gonna get a break doing the podcast and then I throw him into some sort of like super not technical but super um, nitpicky like legalish argument as to the things he says, but. Um, I will say Ole Miss, I still firmly believe is going to be the better fan experience in terms of it. And, th- and this is year one, right? Cause it might get old. It might get like, okay, yeah, it'll I've seen re- it. Yeah. It'll eh, get re- a lot of hype. Maybe not that amazing. Like and now, like I go to the tailgating, like that's fun ish the first time, but I'm an away fan. I can't really set up a good tailgate thing and then i'm in oxford mississippi the game is not that great of an atmosphere and then i'm in the middle of nowhere i can't reach anywhere good like attainably like i'm just here i had to fight for like best western hotels and stuff um so there is a a fair argument for Ole Miss. the novelty might wear off uh pretty quickly um lsu though the reason i'm swapping is because i completely forgot that Ever since I heard the news, I have been on this this kick, this conspiracy theory, this train of thought that this will be a legitimate, not like, oh, this is a chippy game. OU versus LSU will, I mark my words, it takes time, 10, 15 years for sure. From now, this will be a legitimate, recognized throughout college football rivalry if we continue to play them on a regular basis. And I I think the game atmosphere will be better there. I don't think it's that tough of a place to play. Um, Admittedly, it's probably top five on our schedule this next year. I think Norman is going to be a tougher place to play than LSU is going to be for some of our games, especially if we have a quarterback that sucks uh, because we don't play that at OU, thankfully. But um I just really, oh, I, I really think, <laughs> I really think that LSU, it's going to matter more. Long run, it's going to matter more. The game atmosphere is going to be better. And I do think that both fan bases care. It's there on both sides. Like OU fans do not like LSU fans. OU doesn't like LSU. LSU fans don't like anyone or get along with anyone. Um, but I just think like the proximity is there the history is there that we've played them at least in recent times on what is a semi-regular basis. It's always been high stakes. It's always been high passion. There's been high drama in, you know, all the cases. I just think that there's so much potential. And I think our fan bases in the worst way are just going to click. I think that our fan bases are going to find each other on whatever social media is. And they're going to realize they're not going to realize that they're generally exactly the same and it's going to piss them off and they're going to click in the way that they just naturally click as enemies. And it's going to be so uh, OU does not have a natural enemy in the SEC besides LSU. It is so like uh, that, of like Texas. We're well, okay, but we're bringing Texas with us. Okay. Uh, but that whole like, we're like, 
we're blue bloods, but like, you know, maybe not at the same level, like all the time, like that sort of up and down, that chippiness, just the, the way that our fan bases can sometimes uh, behave themselves online. And I, we behave much better in person, I think objectively, not a biased opinion, but OU fans generally like no one's saying like, OU fans smell like uh, corn dogs or something, <laughs> even though yeah. we do at the most important game of the year. Ever, These are good corn but, dogs. Uh, they don't have Fletcher's in Louisiana. Fletch, yeah, they don't have Fletcher's corn so, dogs. Uh, but they do have liquor at Walmart's in Louisiana, which does explain a lot. Valid point. I, okay, I will say this. I will say this. I buy it. I, th- I I am absolutely buying the OU-LSU rivalry. Put all my stock into it. They've played three times. Two in Sugar Bowls. One of those Sugar Bowls was the national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Peach Bowl, which they killed us. Yeah, don't talk so, about the Peach Bowl. Yeah, there is history there. <laughs> so, obviously, so, obvi- so, first off, 19... 19- Have we ever beat LSU? Yeah, we beat them in 1950 in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. So here's the thing about here's the thing about this. I very spe- specifically remember this from you remember being a and reading about it. LSU, <laughs> there, LSU has done nothing. Every time we play, has given nothing but grievances to us. In 1950, they spied on us. Apparently, a player and I, I, I shit you not. A picker named Piggy Barnes from LSU <laughs> was caught spying on practices with a telescope and a camera. For the <laughs> that was high technology back then. <laughs> yes. So we got spied on the first game and won. We lose to them in Louisiana in, in the national title in 2002, uh, or sorry, 2003, which has spawned nothing but bad stories my entire life. Hearing people talk about LSU fans like spitting on babies, you know, insulting people in Bourbon Street, like the, taking the, the off all the Oklahoma license plates that were parked. Exactly. Everybody yeah. has an LSU story. If you grew up around here, around that specific period of time, you have an LSU story. People do not like them. Uh, 2019 doesn't have a lot of the chicanery and weird Ugh. stuff that you got from that, but. They destroyed us, and that doesn't feel good. So, yeah, OU has every reason to despise LSU. I'm buying all the stock into that. I I don't know if the SEC is going to give us enough games to make it a rivalry. I I don't know if we're going to play them consistently enough. I I, I think that they're going to protect the Texas game, but I don't know if they can protect two rivals. And then, well, LSU has too many rivals to protect OU-LSU, but I can see it like every time we end up playing them, it's like we hate them. LSU uh-huh. is that they're that uh, Simpsons meme where it's like we're enemies with like this, 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 and this, and this, and then like I, it's hard to explain. I, if you don't, I'm, the, meme, I'm, I'm just gonna I, I, the only out. one I was thinking of was I'll just send it to our group after. And out um, with his hat. There's a meme where there's a guy explaining he's like we get along with everyone, but and then he lists like all sorts of people. And then the person he's talking to goes, it seems like you don't get along with anyone. And the guy turns around and goes, you just made an enemy for life. <laughs> LSU is, they're like West Virginia levels of like trying to be chippy and hate everyone. Oh my God. Except they're, actually, they're good. actually good enough to turn it into a rivalry. Like West Virginia is like, no one has a rivalry unless you're insane. No one has a rivalry with mosquitoes, Right. They annoy you. They're always out to get you. They're always like willing to die to like just cause you a minor inconvenience. That's West Virginia. LSU is like, I, I don't even know. What's an animal that, that is actually dangerous to people that a people tiger. have a rivalry with? Not a tiger. People don't. We play all three tigers. I feel I'm like. telling you, there's um, people that have tigers. Tigers are in every zoo. There's a dude in Oklahoma who has a whole, his whole living is about how he just has a bunch of tigers. Uh-huh. LSU's like, they're like deer, right? There's no deer in zoos. Deer can't be captured. That's the thing. They want deer you to think that dangerous. they're harmless. Deer, yeah, they 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 take out more people uh, than other animals yeah. within the U.S. Deer will dive bomb a car; they don't care, or they'll just okay, attack that, someone that in part. person, like, and they'll start like they punch like this, like someone <laughs> on like one of those little spinny things, like a kangaroo. Uh, so that's what LSU is. Kangaroo is sneaky, dangerous. I don't. You wouldn't want to mess with a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hippos, sneaky, dangerous. I think yeah. we're yeah, but nobody's nobody's beefing with hippos. No. Nobody's beefing. I, I want to go you side don't note to beef a hippo. I want to go side are. note just to change the vibes, and I just want this to be out <laughs> in the public. I am a huge raccoon person, and my TikTok is only raccoon um, right now. 
<laughs> so, I, just, I just want to put this out there. My algorithm, I've watched a lot of <laughs> raccoon videos, so I don't watch too much TikTok either. So I just scroll and it's just constant raccoon. When you when you go to the doctor and you tell them your symptoms and then they leave, they're watching just raccoon videos. <laughs> and then they come back and they're like, um, "We're starting to lose viewers." Okay, we're scared. We're dipping. We're dipping. We got all right. We got to pivot. So I think we covered a lot. Pretty much everything about 2024 SEC. Uh, non-conference. Yeah, we got to figure out a non-conference game. Uh, from what I've heard, it's going to be a road game. Uh, not a lot of teams are available. I believe the Why? options are like, because yeah, because the, believe it or not, like on a whim, you know, can't figure it out. Uh, options would be, let's say, I believe it's uh, Washington is up there. Northwestern's up there. I think Syracuse oh, like is available. One. I I don't know. Army, Army is available, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, Castiglione's already said it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And we've already oh, okay. done too okay. much yeah. as Army. Yeah, and we we need to do the return. Hit them one time, and we almost yeah. lost. So we're like, <laughs> we, we, almost, <laughs> we almost lost on Twitch with some guy's foot in the background. Uh, hold on, I, I watched that. I watched that via that. That's how I got to see that game. I, I, it was the worst. And then we have a we. I think we also do have to put a group of five in there, but who cares about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Temple and Tulane round out that schedule, I believe. Um, but yeah, I don't know guys. What do what do, what do you think we do with this? Because we don't have, we only have three home games in the SEC because of red river counting as a home game that year. So little disadvantage there, a little annoying, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of a part of it. We'll figure it out. I'm sure. And it's not going to be a stout opponent. I can tell you that straight up. It's not going to be Washington. I, I can say that 100 times out of 100. Yeah. It's not going to be Washington. Northwestern makes sense. It's that that would be a pretty nice opponent. Northwestern at I, Soldier Field could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I have to go with with Jameson. Washington would be my choice. Just no external factors. Such a cool stadium. Like we've had this entire discussion several times about how how we feel about Washington Stadium and, and everything else. But it, it's so it's going to be so expensive and challenging to get the team there to begin with on just a pretty minimal return that would not return a great time slot. I don't think, especially going out to Pacific time. Um, and then the relevance of that game. And then just, there's no, why, why are we going right? There's not Washington's not producing a lot of, of talent and stuff like that. And um, so I don't think that makes sense. Northwestern Chicago area, much more attainable, much more easy logistically to to get everyone there it's going to cost less to get everyone there so our our profit margins are going to be higher obviously to look at it that way and then just recruiting base and then i mean that's like the heart of right of football this is debatable but that's like the heart of maybe not college no it's not college but like the heart of football country when it comes to like the nfl is that midwest area and if we can put ou on eyes in chicago central time Northwestern, pretty big alumni and fan base. I think you're more competitive for for certain time slots. And I just think that would be really cool. And then especially if you could get some sort of um, novel location for the game as well, like you talked about with Soldier. I got a note as well. There are other options. I'm just going to read them off. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, NC State is available. Uh, Mm. Probably not likely because they play Tennessee and Charlotte. Uh, But again, too far. A little too far. Duke is available. Um, Same. It's, it's five miles away. Boston College uh, is available, but they already, they already play at Missouri, so that might be a little spicy. And they also mm-hmm. play Michigan State, probably too spicy for them. Duke is interesting because they have Northwestern, Connecticut, Middle Tennessee. That's not bad. Uh, this is interesting. TCU. But they, they play at Stanford, <laughs> at SMU. Why not? TCU, bring them back. Let's do it. You know, I would love that. And just Kansas for the record, Blake Kennedy, he's like, oh no, we need that. We need that. Uh, Houston is available, uh, which is weird to call them power. No. Rutgers plays Akron and at Virginia Tech that year. So, yeah, there we go. I, I like Northwestern. Yeah, I, Northwestern I like so best. I think, I think if I had to pick 
most likely. I think maybe everyone's thinking the same way on Northwestern. I, I would probably put Rice was on there or Temple. Temple was Temple, on there. Temple is already planned. So we're playing playing, we're Temple, not playing Temple. Temple. We are playing mm-hmm. Temple and Tulane. Yeah, we're, Temple and Tulane okay. are absolutely already on yes. the schedule. They're inked. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. I was gonna say those were would be my other two likely just because proximity. <laughs> you, can, you can ground transport everyone there and then you have that. But I, I just, mean we do need a group again, of five. So rice of would loop. work. I'm out of the loop. A series. Rice. We'll play a series with rice. Series with rice. <laughs> Why does Texas play Rice? Or sorry, why does Rice play Texas? Why does yeah? Why does Oklahoma play Rice? Because yeah. we money. We're gonna lose every other game. Because so. we're trying to give some money to an engineering college. That's it. Is it. Boco free? Is there a hail Ooh. mary? For oh, Boco. <laughs> Boco surely we would free. never. T- <laughs> they're not even on our radar, but God, that would be amazing. Play a bunch of the uh, guys who all, all of Lincoln Riley's old recruits who just left to Texas State. I'd love that, obviously. So Boco plays okay. Boco plays Lamar, UTSA, and they play Arizona State at home, which is wild. <laughs> and then they play the uh, Sam Houston Bearcats. That is their non-conference. Arizona State. That was I already know. That one has to be on the slate. That cannot be left oh, as a wild card. That's Ari- gonna be on the, the pick'em slate this year. I know it. Oh, wait, it's hold on. too meta not to. Also Listeners, the question. listeners, viewers, just so you know, I will be not reporting live, but I will be reporting from my live experiences from Lincoln Riley coming to Arizona State in September. I'm very excited about that. I love uh, it. See Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams uh, absolutely demolish a team that is somehow not being sanctioned right now in spite of just flagrant violations. <laughs> I guess you can just get away with everything if you suck. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, I will say, last note on Arizona State, Boco goes to Tempe in 2000, uh, 2025. I don't know if you'll still be in Scottsdale by then, <laughs> what you'll be doing. Uh, eh, I don't want to put this on the record, but I'm not necessarily planning on it. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, if you're, if you're still I'm not trying to office, leave my company, it's just we have other offices. Not, that's true. 100% on Well, Hey, you should stick around just to watch Texas State play. <laughs> Yeah, just for that, I'm only here for this. <laughs> Come back and visit. There you go. Yeah, it's a super inaccessible place, so I must live here. To... I, I guess so. Uh, I guess next up, um, so we promised tailgating. We promised tailgating. It's in the title. Brent Venable says, and you know they actually have a board of regents meeting. A tail. They actually have a tailgating committee. The university does to try to figure out how to make tailgating better. Do we think it's actually going to work? Can you submit and comments to that? I hope so. And I'll do it right here live. I'll, I'll, I'll ask all this. We've already, we've talked about tailgate tailgating mm-hmm. a ton over the years. If you let's just say you were named to the tailgating committee, what's your pitch, Jameson? I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm just not believing that the tailgating committee is some kind of like honorable thing, like honest committee. <laughs> I think it's just another ploy to try to like get people to stop, you know, whining about this whole Lindsay street thing, because, you know, Eddie Radosovich has made a huge movement of everyone just pushing and pushing and pushing and just yelling on Twitter, adding people. I'm sure he's just, it's, it is truly a movement what he's doing. And I'm sure they're having to do this for PR. I mean, am I, am I wrong here? So if I'm on that committee, I want to figure out what they're actually thinking. Um, before I even go make any pitches. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Am I wrong to think like this? Like, I I don't want to be pessimistic on this, but I mean, I just, maybe there might be some small things, but I think that this is obvious that it's done to like appease the fans, but I don't know how much it's actually going to get done. That makes, I'm I'm just kind of conspiracy here. So I think you can improve tailgating without, adding back Lindsay street. I don't know if it's possible mm-hmm. because I mean, I don't know how much you fans want a bunch of mad. I don't know if you, I know fans are going to be mad regardless. It shouldn't have built them there. You're you're, you can't have them party in front of the residential college. I guess they should let just who cares. It's stupid. I think they should do it. I think they should absolutely open up Lindsay for free game, fair game, whatever. Wrong. It's a, it's the, a residential college. They're wrong. adults. These kids are adults. Stop trying to baby them. Oh, they wrong. can't see any tailgate it parties. Basically... Oh, these poor little kids. <laughs> wrong. Come on. What's wrong? What, of these wrong about what? Very, wrong. Very... You guys are wrong. About what? 
Lindsay should be abandoned and banned. Why? Right? Because all tailgating should be consolidated. RV tailgating, different thing. Those are different people. Let them do their thing. You don't want them around everyone else. Um, Different people. Just insulted everybody within RV. Oh, don't worry. We're gonna hit. We're gonna insult all the tailgating fans. Um, but no, all all tailgating should be consolidated to the grass fields north of both Carpenter, which no one knows, and then Jacobson, which is the visitor center. If anyone is sort of like kind of familiar, so south of Boyd Street, all tailgating. There's just massive grassy areas. I'm not talking North Oval. I'm talking east of the North Oval. If and I'm trying to water this that for giant people who square. aren't 100%. Giant square. There's a giant grassy square completely abandoned, unused. They already shut down Boyd on the strip that fronts Campus Corner. That is shut down just for pedestrian traffic. That entire grassy area is completely unused. This is Ole Miss's secret. And again, why I didn't choose them as number one. They're the only secret to their tailgating scene is that they just consolidate it really well. If you go to OU, especially if we open, I promise you opening up Lindsay Street will just make OU's tailgating scene seem worse because we're not going to add that many more new tailgaters. You're just going to spread out the ones that exist. And there's a whole argument about the rental ones and, and you know, is that true? Whatever. But if we just consolidated all of the tent tailgating to that area, and it would fit there if you just go look at the amount of people tailgating, including all the rental ones, then you would have a seamless flow between Campus Corner and everyone there, all the tailgaters, and then that area around like the field house and everything else where they have food trucks or they have like live music or they'll go set up like whatever, you know, big, big noon if they're there. And if you have that seamless flow, it will picture really well on anyone putting it on camera and on broadcast. And it will just immediately make it's it's that infamous like Disney force perspective trick where they make the castle look bigger by just forcing you to look at it from certain angles in certain spots. If we just consolidated, which requires not only banishing Lindsay, but also banishing some other areas, the area where, you know, Bobby or our group would set up. Um, it will ultimately be a better thing. In my opinion, this is my opinion. It's the correct opinion, but. And I think you can do stuff with the oval, but that's where you do the rental. Well, not the, I don't think the North Oval, because that's too far outside. It would look cool, but then it's just like, it's not, the North Oval's not connected to Campus Corner, because it's a kind no, of it's... running Blackbird, but, but it's, kind of, it's, it's connected, nice. but it's, but if you, I'm talking like you're standing in front of Fuzzies and you look at the stadium, you see nothing but a sea of fans until you get to the stadium. If you put tailgating where I described it, north of a visitor center and then Carter. Right. So I'm not budging on this. Yeah. Pull up, pull up the map. Pull up the yeah, map. I'm pulling up the map. Okay. So tie the area you're thinking here. So you got to. Yeah, scroll up so you see, because Campus Corner is really that one street. Right. It's it's primarily the one right here. Fuzzy's Boyd all the way down. Then you have this area. So my thing is it just might be a little too far from the stadium itself. Because um, even like where we tailgate, like right over here, you're yeah. way closer. Mm-hmm. It's not I a think, bad idea. I think you're focused a lot on Campus Corner. And that's just makes things tough because campus, campus corner is a better of, game day scene than the tow. If you're a visitor, yeah, fan. but it's kind of a trek though. Whenever after the game, like to get to to campus corner, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a cold take. It's not a cold take. It, it, it's not a not a. Trek I can say whatever I want to. <laughs> that's true. I just I, I think. I think if you wanted to open it up on South Oval, that's a great place for the rent tailgates. Like, because you can no control way. it. There's zero percent chance that happens. Bobby. South Oval they're gonna, sucks they're gonna let for... you do it on South Oval. South Oval sucks that is the for only way they do it. to the stadium. What do you mean? It's right there. No, it's right, like there's not that many entry gates. Right next to, like, the you, create a bunch of, you create a bunch of choke points and long walks for people to get around. The th- so the one of the things about the rentals is that they're close to the more expensive 
entries and stuff sometimes. Okay. Although I guess that's yeah. close. I don't know. I don't know. That, yeah, no, the, that was... the, ex, the, the more the expensive entries, those clubs and suites are on the east on the side. side. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many people would go on the west. Uh, other than if you're just trying to open up more to the south end zone club seats. And the thing is that with the practice field there, it makes entry to the south e- just easier to go in through the east. They need to make it like a committee or something to figure this out. <laughs> to figure out the tailgating stuff? <laughs> hmm. If only. Um, I just I just don't see the South Oval theory, Bobby. I I just think that they just no. that's their little baby. I don't think they'd ever give that up. The South Oval doesn't no, make sense. I agree. I what I'm saying is I feel like you can open it up, baby. You know, baby South Oval still. If you operate all the setup, all the tear down, take it out of the fans' hands. Take it all in the university's hands. I get that you have that row of buildings there. A little tricky. I get that. Yeah, where where on the South Oval are you thinking, Bobby? Like. Like, are they going to be on the sidewalks or in the grass in the middle? Like... Grass in the middle. Grass in the middle. Okay. Well, you'd have to be on the that, north not side much... anyways because there's too much and, yeah. landscaping and, little, like, and then the pit, and that stuff. The pit yeah. and then the yeah. fountains and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say there are issues with it, but also this is a rich people tailgate. This is the bougie tailgate. I feel like... You you quartered them off, you know. Oh, here's your South Oval. It's all nice, and then let the real fans take over this space right here. I'm not. I I don't spot. even know how right many here. spots that you'd have in the middle. I don't know if that would make even a dent in our problem of tailgating. I'm saying like tailgate from let's say Heisman Park all the way down here, you know where the old you know Bud Wilk was. All of that. Mm-hmm. See what you can do. Like focus that. You know, focus all of the tailgating energy, all of the wild, rowdy stuff you want. Focus on that. Get the rich people out of here. Move them somewhere else. I feel like, I feel like you're biased from our old fraternity tailgates that were on Jenkins and Lindsay. I mean, partially. I mean, that's a part of it. I just think that that provides the most open space is this whole little block. You know, Lindsay, mm. you know, or Lindsay all the way up through Brooks, mm. you know. They're- there's just no way you're going to move people who have club and suite tickets away from the east side tailgates. It's just not going to work. Those are the donors. Uh, it's like those are the people making the decisions. And and they do not want to be tailgating on the other end of the stadium where they are. It's just not going to work and it's not uh, going to happen. No, I mean, I get it. And there's a different – like here's the thing. If it was a perfect world, we would have better tailgates. O'Connell still would be on you know, where Headington Hall is, but it's not. I'm just I'm just trying to produce ideas that will work. The university ain't going to take them. Mm-hmm. I, I think these are ideas that are, are solid, will we'll work. And that's kind of the problem with tailgating is the real change makers, real people that want to see stuff done and want to see things changed, they're not rich enough. And if they are, they're not, they don't care about tailgates, you know? And that's the difference. They're, they're unwilling to sacrifice what is necessary to sacrifice to have a proper college football tailgating. They don't want that. And that's why things won't ever change. Or, or they're a sleeper agent who gives all their money to Oklahoma State. Oh come on! And enjoys all the benefits of that. You know, hey, just boy. to sabotage OU. Now, I'll say this: those folks, those folks, at least like they they have a big parking lot and they tailgate there. But like, yeah, no, the donor space on the practice fields. I will say, yeah, it, yeah. Send it, them to the rugby fields. They did it. Send so them they, by the RV people. They used to tailgate on the on the on the practice fields, but it would be a disaster. And you know that that was a case in the '90s. Never good stuff. You know. Well, the practice field is already used for parking and and stuff for the athletics department on game days. True. Now, who knows? I think we talked about tailgating though. That that counts. We've had the same. It comes up like once a year. It's the same, same talking points. Same yeah, I'm not <laughs> budging from my north end. Just cons- I understand it's a walk to the stadium, but have a party district, have a go to the game district. You could make it a parade. You could make it a parade. It, like on the, the, on the like everyone, uh, everyone evening, walks yeah. to the stadium together and it's a big parade. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, the, the real issue, what, what honestly, the real issue uh, is, is the stadium entry control point situation. Um, and sort of like you could solve a lot, I think, by just pushing out the entry gate to the stadium. So there's more depth once you get in, because there is a, a level of inaccessibility and, and sort of choke points, especially if you're coming in on the north side. 
like there's a lot of choke points on the corners, especially the, I don't know, we can get into Why don't that. we just get some herders and tell, yell at people to move sure. as soon as they get in the gates? Let's get an architect on to sort out, <laughs> sort out how to figure out the stamp stadium. I, I promise the, the architecture department in college could not care less about football or athletics as a whole. For sure. They are in their building working on projects on game days. Is it and they think everyone's an inconvenience. Yeah, of course. Of course. They're there to play school, not uh, not football. They, they are definitely there to, to play school. <laughs> Anything else we've missed over the summer? Uh, obviously, just... It, no one <laughs> I mean, to, yeah. As noted, nobody wants to talk about softball, but like, congrats to Patty Gasso and the girls. Awesome, awesome run. Great stuff. Uh, no need to comment on Jordy Ball. No real need to comment on Derek LeBlanc, I don't think, leaving for uh, UCF. It's, it's, it's just a sad story, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know if I need to get Ty going on that one. I'm sure he has some takes. I don't on. even know who that is. It, so. it was he, is our... he is our star defensive lineman who transferred before he even showed up. I mean, he showed up in Norman before he even played what a game. What did he transfer to? UCF. Yeah, because he's from Florida, and it was he between us and Florida. Oh, no. I Yeah, he well, probably has the one school in the Big 12 that has worse academic <laughs> standards than OU. Oh, well, besides Houston, Texas if you count, Tech? if if you if you count Houston, Cincinnati, and Texas Tech Oklahoma as accredited State. schools, which they're not, um, then yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the, the only bigger. other accredited school that has lower academic entry standards, U- Houston and UCF are just big UCO. <laughs> oh, they're no. big. Like, Here goes in person, Here goes person. <laughs> University of Phoenix. <laughs> Except University. you can actually live on campus because they're only commuter. Oh no. Okay. Uh yeah, we missed a lot of stuff, but you know, we're gonna be back in a rhythm. Conference previews are coming up, boys. We're almost there. Hey, people are dropping win total predictions. CBS yeah. Sports has OU going nine and three, I think, which is absurd. I'm going to slam that under. But. That's another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Brent Venable said that if he gets the defense right, he thinks that we can uh, win 10, 10 games and mm. uh, hang a banner. Jameson, you think, you think this <laughs> if, is I swear to God, if we win 10 games... Is he saying hang a conference banner, or is he saying hang a ten win banner? He didn't. He didn't. Whatever. No, 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 no. If he, no, if he says conference banner, I don't think he if, meant, if, if he means we're going to hang a banner for ten wins, he didn't I do not that. care he what not he does. That. I will never say a positive thing about him ever. He did again. not mean that. That's some Oklahoma State bullshit. He did not to just mean... throw up an arbitrary like, oh, we're going to win. He did not. If we get our defense right, we could win ten games. Yeah, that's if we if we beat if we beat 10 people on our schedule we could win 10 games if we, if we outscore everybody we will probably win the championship it's like the max for sap and uh, to win the race today we're going to be faster than everyone else quote maybe a bit but you know i will say this 2023 schedule is pretty pretty weak i think it could it be is. done it i is. think i think if OU gets rolling if that defense truly rounds in the form you get a little bit of you know some some Strengthen up some weak points in that portal. I could see it happening. I, I, I think that is how bad that schedule is. No Tech, no K-State, uh, no Baylor. You know, three teams that beat us last year don't even see them. And then you replace them with, um, you know, teams who haven't played a Power 5 schedule. You know, like UCF, Cincinnati, BYU. East Carolina beat BYU in Provo. I don't want to hear about how tough Provo is. No, I'm not, not going to be fun. You should know how bad we are that you're trying to hype up as a positive that we're not playing Texas Tech next year. I'm saying we don't have any. We can win some games, dude. We don't even have to play Texas Tech. I'm not saying we're. Look, I'm not saying God, we're going to win. Like a, is this a Boco bid? Or no, 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 no. I'm not saying we're going to win a national championship. I'm just saying, like, that's an easily navigatable schedule where 10 wins isn't really insane. I'm not saying like we'll be world beaters because we don't have to play Texas Tech. I'm just saying it's it is that is how easy the schedule is. Even even removing the teams like Tech and Baylor like helps out a lot. And the yeah. defending champ K State Wildcats. For another pod. For another pod. Oh yeah, we have previews to go. Previews to go. Previews to go. So, all right, Jameson, Ty, any final words before we head out? Nothing. 
Sorry we uh, kept you up, Jamison. I know it's like almost 10 it, o'clock. It is totally, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's just going to be a part of our game for our future. Yeah. That we won't we won't ask you to do two pods on back to back nights, uh, hopefully again. Uh, but yeah, this this has been the podcast, folks. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked it, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, Twenty more to five hundred. Come on, please. We're almost out. there. We're almost there to five hundred. Help us out. Make sure to like the video. Uh, if you're listening on the pod, subscribe if you can as well wherever you get your podcast. But for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. Have a good one, everyone, and Boomer Sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. We're still live, too. That's We're still live. Bobby, instead of ending the broadcast, straight up bounced from the sleeve button instead of the end broadcast. No, I'm not going to hit end broadcast. I'm going to make Bobby do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The leave studio button and the hit broadcast button looked very similar because they're both red. I got distracted. I got distracted, folks. They're in complete they're opposite sides. I know. Screen. For 